Hello. Hello. All right, Bryce, how are you doing? Hi there, Clay. How, how are you surviving? Uh, I'm doing okay, thanks. I'm doing all right. Um, I've been just listening to our last episode on repeat, to be honest, and that's, uh, that's kept me going. Wow, really? It was De- that desperate, good. Desperate times. Yeah, yeah. I'm Dr. Clay Granston, Senior Lecturer in Marketing at Liverpool Hope University. And you are Associate Professor. Is it Associate Professor Bryce Evans or do you still say the doctor? I always get mixed up. Well, I, I, today I've been called um, Professor Expletive Expletive quite a lot of times. Have you? Why is that? Uh, well, I've been a busy boy because of, I've, I'm some historian of food and particularly food in wartime or times of emergency. And uh, did a little piece yesterday for the uh, university, which then got picked up by a newspaper here in the UK, a fairly, uh, fair to say, I think, notorious newspaper in, in the UK called the Daily Mail, who um, span it a little bit, um, was sl- slightly selective in their use of quotation, uh, which provoked quite a lot of comments. Essentially, uh, I was saying, this is what I was saying, is that if this becomes a prolonged crisis, if we see, now there isn't a national supply crisis, but there is a lot of panic buying here. And if we see this continue, and certain goods unable to get to certain people, and online uh, ordering swamped, you can't get a slot at the moment for, for, for online deliveries, then to ensure fair shares for all, the government can't just say to people, don't stockpile while at the same time saying we are in the greatest crisis since the war, because a lot of that then gets passed on to supermarket staff, because they have to do it. Essentially in the UK at the moment, we have basically a rationing system in supermarkets where you can only buy one or two of certain goods, but it's being administered by the poor old supermarket staff who are facing abuse and violence at the tills because people want to buy more. And all I was saying was that in the spirit of wartime, the government has to step in perhaps and do something about this. And maybe in a creative way, not being hampered by the past, but inspired by it, that maybe they could do some kind of online ration coupons for some of these goods that we've seen, particularly people being unable to obtain here in Britain, such as toilet roll, pasta, baby formula, stuff like that. Some kind of system to ensure fair shares for all. The problem is when you use the term ration uh, instead of a more clunky term, such as sensible and fair limits on consumption, uh, it immediately rings alarm bells for people and people uh, suddenly say, oh, you know, you're trying to catapult us back to the war. Are you trying to make us become like North Korea? Uh, which, of course, I'm not advocating. I'm just saying the government, perhaps, along with the retail trade, needs to perhaps institute some kind of fairer supply system and a fairer distribution system and some fair limits on our consumption. That makes sense. I mean, if you're going to look at the rationing system in World War Two, you know about this a lot better than I do. But there were things like butter, eggs, meat. And I mean, meat was, it was, what, 1950s until they stopped the meat ration, for instance? Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, look, I'm not, back in the Second World War in Britain, rationing has done very well. People emerge healthy. Uh, But that applies to, first of all, essential items, then essentially, well, nearly everything. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I mean, we're not in that kind of drastic situation where ship supplies are being sunk by submarines. But we are in a situation where, People are being unable to obtain food, whether in the supermarket or online. And the problem is, look, with all of it, we've all, look, I can understand why people are angry and stuff. And look, it, we've all got to get to grips with the fact that we're going to have to change our food consumption habits. And the big thing in line with all government and World Health Organization advice is 
don't be going to the shops and supermarkets so often because they are actually becoming centers of the transmission of this disease. And the government is saying switch to online ordering. The problem is you can't get a slot online. So all I'm saying is the government with the retail trade, this is not a drab and statist and Soviet recommendation, I think should be doing a bit more to ensure some kind of fair shares, maybe through an online Russian coupon system, just to alleviate some of the uh, the strains, because unfortunately, as always, it's the poor and the most vulnerable who are suffering the most at the moment. We've actually seen, you know, some food banks shutting down because they're not getting donations, they're not uh, getting the volunteers coming in who are sick, and it's always the poor and most vulnerable who are, who are going to suffer. So I'm just saying that the government, maybe in spirit of war, has to kind of step into what all rationally means is ensuring fair shares, and I mean I don't think that's an unreasonable thing. However, a lot of people would disagree with me getting a lot of abuse today but you know uh, I have broad shoulders and thick skin so uh, I have to take it on the chin. I mean because we're not talking about a shortage of anything we're just talking about too much demand. Yeah exactly exactly there's no there are other experts I'm not the only person saying this there's people who are a lot more look better versed on the food supply system than me who've been saying this over the last two three days academics and experts on food supply and distribution and they're saying that there could be potential problems if this becomes prolonged. We have a just-in-time system in terms of supermarket buying and distribution in this country. We don't uh, make, produce a lot of our food. Look, if it becomes prolonged, it could become a problem. At the moment, though, absolutely, there's no national supply crisis. The crisis is because people are consuming in a certain way. But again, I don't think the government can just say to people, don't be selfish, don't hoard don't stockpile, while at the same time saying we're in a national crisis. You've got to have some kind of support. And again, to protect these poor old supermarket workers who are basically administering a rationing system these days, going to work, sitting on the tail, being subjected to perhaps uh, exposure to, to this terrible disease, and at the same time facing angry people. People are shouting in their face. I mean, it's just, it's just not nice. I think this, this whole crisis, Claire, is perhaps bringing the best but also the worst out in people. I think you're right. I mean, a blanket rationing uh, system like World War II, I don't, it's just not possible now either. I mean, I don't think you were advocating that type of system anyway, but it, it's just not possible because of the range of products we have anyway. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you, you were rationing essentials, sort of the, the, the core base products, and people don't make things in the same way at home in the same way that they did then. So, Absolutely, but, but much the same way we've seen food retailers here in the UK working together to manage supply and demand and even to uh, distribute food via online orders collectively, perhaps there could be a system whereby certain goods which are, are in short supply, like the likes of toilet roll, plastics, again, not essential foods, but to, to ensure some kind of system that people are, I mean, you're already seeing the supermarkets basically administering rationing and systems whereby older people get uh, preferential slots. Uh, already they're trying to establish a sort of sense of fair shares, but it, I, I just think a lot of this can't just be left up to the supermarkets. I think the government maybe has to come in with a clear system to, to, to aid this, because if people keep up this kind of selfish behaviour, we are actually going to have uh, a bit of a, a problem. Well, I think things like eggs, I mean, the amount of eggs that are laid a day, I mean, we're not going to run out of them. And you know, you look at the bailouts in America at the moment, again, uh, they're more fiscal bailouts. But if you were to uh, have that kind of thought process and put that into a rationing system and say to people, right, well, you're going to get a ration, i.e. you're going to get uh, X amount of flour, X amount of eggs, X amount of milk, and it's kind of 
funded by the government. I mean, that could be one way to go, maybe, do you think? Or is that a bit too socialist? Well, perhaps, I mean, the different approaches around the world right now, like, for instance, India has just locked down 1.3 billion people. You've obviously got a lot more impoverished people there at risk of serious food insecurity. And then, and the Indian government is actually basically giving them free food. Now, you know, in the developed world, our food system is very, very different. It's very much more complex and market-driven. However, uh, I think we've, we're already seeing extraordinary and basically wartime measures here where the one and a half million most vulnerable people, as defined by the British National Health Service, are getting, uh, they're now planning on, you know, deliveries to their door, essentially, food, sometimes by volunteers, sometimes by the army. Again, that was a system effectively you had in wartime. And, you know, to, to, to institute perhaps today a, a system of rationing, uh, of basically, but basically, when I say rationing, it just basically means you can't go online and buy, you know, 30, 40 uh, items of, of, of one item. You, you have to be, there has to be some kind of control on that consumption. And the thing is, a lot of this, you know, is being done and should be done with the collaboration of retailers because they know the market best. And you mentioned, uh, I think, in previous episodes, the, the, the way that retailers worked with the state in the World War. Um, you know, the likes of Marks and Spencers, big firms like that, actually worked alongside government in administering basically a rationing and feeding system. And there's no reason why that, that kind of collaboration between states and private sector can't work again. And I think as well, we should, we should also highlight that a lot of supermarkets work on algorithms with their, with their ordering systems. So before this, I mean, this is just a completely out of the blue situation, but the ordering systems were still reflecting on what had been bought and sold last year. Yeah. So unlike Christmas where, there's a lot of uh, preparation and they look at past algorithms, so on and so forth. There's always more than enough to go around. And I think maybe one of the reasons the shelves, apart from the panic buying, but one of the reasons the shelves perhaps were empty and some of the shelves are still empty, things like pasta, toilet roll comes and goes very quickly, is because these systems that are put in place aren't prepared for something like this. Yeah, change the systems, work with the algorithms, You know, be innovative, develop... Uh, apps for people so they so you can or and certain controls on online purchasing you know some of these online platforms for purchasing um one big retailer here in the uk just collapsed basically last week for a day you couldn't order anything when you do log on you, you can't get a slot so a lot of this stuff look as the crisis develops has to be thought about has to be managed but you're right we can trace and better than ever track demands food insecurity ordering that kind of stuff why can't we just use that in a little bit of a more efficient way to make sure that everybody's kind of getting their fair share? So have you been panic buying? I know we talked about stockpiling last uh, last week. What have you been buying lots of? <laughs> I haven't been stockpiling, no. Um, but I think like most other people, you probably have, you know, you make sure you have enough to get by. And I suppose that brings us on to um, foodstuffs that are actually doing very well out of this crisis. I mean, yeah, have you, you know, uh, have you yeah, found some? Well, it's been a very good crisis for beans. Really? Yeah, because, you know, people are buying stuff, you know, at a time for anxiety. Uh, you know, people are getting stuff that's cheap, nutritious, and that's durable, that lasts a long time. And, you know, what better than beans? And, and this buying frenzy, so I read, is extended to the entire Pulses family. Lentils, dried peas, chickpeas, as well as beans. Are these the most sensible thing 
to be eating when you're cooped up inside a house with someone for three weeks, though? Well, I, I suppose the point is, like, you should always try and get a balanced diet through fruit and vegetables, uh, of course. But people's worry is that they're going to need stuff that is uh, durable, that is non-perishable. And, you know, to illustrate the longevity of things like lentils, I mean, they actually found them in um, ancient Egyptian tombs. And when they when they opened the caskets, the lentils were still sprouting. I mean, they're that... Really? They're that durable. Uh, wow. So you can understand why beans and pulses are having a very good coronavirus crisis. There's a lot of demand for it. Spaghetti hoops as well, I read. Spaghetti hoops having it, having a good time with it as well, yeah. Obviously, cleaning products, I mean, they're, they're not foods, but cleaning products have, have sold out some 300%, 400% up on previous weeks. Yes, yeah. And uh, yeah, again, this is all to do with history has been made here. There's a shift in how people are buying foods, how they're consuming food, and there's a massive increase in e-commerce. But there's also a massive demand for tinned food rather than fresher, perishable food. And, and you know, we've got to adjust to the changing realities of food consumption. And uh, a lot of these tensions you're seeing, and dare I say, a lot of the kind of anger and bile um, that was directed towards me today, because yeah. people sometimes don't like change, you know, and, and, it, and it, you know, we've got to work it out together, um, what we're going to do. And do you think what we're seeing is a move back to similar purchasing and consumption habits of maybe not necessarily wartime, but certainly after the war, the 50s and 60s? Well, I think everyone's going to have to get to grips with the... Well, look, look food production and, and supply and distribution consumption is globalised now. It's, it's a lot more complex, a lot more global. But, you know, you've even seen in some countries that you've effectively got supermarkets doing rationing in Britain. In other countries, you've got other controls on consumption. For instance, in Spain, you... Uh, a maximum spend in most supermarkets is 80 euro, for example. So whether people like that term rationing or not, I mean, obviously a lot of people seem to detest it. But, you know, whatever, whatever way you want to package it, controls on consumption are naturally coming in with this new situation. I went to the supermarket the other day and um, had to queue for about 20 minutes to get in. And the one thing I noticed was the reactions of people who turned up when the queue got quite long and people were just laughing, mm. just going, uh, no way. I'm not, I'm not queuing in this. Um, well, I mean, I was just going to very briefly, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but just is, is, you know, the idea of everyone converging on the supermarket at the same time is a very bad idea in terms of the transmission of this disease. It's a very bad idea. And, you know, there's been some, you know, very noble ideas like older people can only shop between 10 and 11. The supermarkets are swamped at that time. Uh, yeah. with older, more vulnerable people, all converging into one place at the same time. This is exactly what the World Health and Order Organization is telling us not to do. So the government's saying, get online. You get online, there's nothing there. So we've got to be thinking a little bit more creatively about this. And so what do you think is going to happen in the next few weeks? Because we're only really at the beginning of this. We've been in lockdown for four, yeah, four days, allegedly three weeks, but... Um, We'll have to see whether that is extended or afterwards, whether there is still some measures put in place. And again, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Do you, I mean, the, the supermarkets are stocked, you know, there's, there's, there seems to be food in there, but are, is that because people are still, still living on all of that food that they bought uh, a week ago? Well, there's one big retail, one big supermarket chief here in the UK today talking about this whole balance between online and uh, going into store. And he was saying that the thing is younger people, because we're more used to, I say we, you know, I'm not really that young, but 
no. younger people are more used to ordering stuff online. So a lot of the online ordering, if you can get a start, is being done by young people. The people who are going to the supermarkets, so he says, tended to be the older people. And those mm. people are the most at risk of you know being in crowds converging in supermarkets and he was urging actually younger people to abandon online delivery slots and go to the supermarket in person now again like a lot of this is just being led by the supermarket there needs to be some kind of as this develops i think government guidance or control on this because the one thing that's for sure is that many people converging in the one place indoor place at the same time is not a good idea and you know the poor old supermarket staff being exposed to all this stuff um, is just not fair so I wouldn't want to predict what's going to happen um, I feel a little battered and bruised to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, you got you got a good kick in today didn't you I did get a good kick in yeah I think one of the uh, one of the favorite uh, put down somebody said did, did did you get your degree off the back of a cereal box brilliant um, which I thought was quite good it'd be quite good actually but uh, there you are you know, yeah indeed I think maybe it's to do with a bit of fatigue in terms of people are fed up of so-called experts being thrust upon them. Because obviously the media at the moment has no one else to talk to yeah. uh, other than um, so-called experts who are just sort of uh, stuck in the firing line. But it's all good fun. Uh, are you surviving anyway in terms of lockdown? How are things at uh, Castle Clay? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. Um, doing a lot of homeschooling with the kids and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I've, to be fair, I've been, I've been cooking... Uh, more hearty meals than I, I think I would have done um, before. I mean, I've got more you, time, you know. Are you taking your government-designated uh, one episode of exercise per day, or are you staying at home and getting comfortably plump? No, no, we've been doing exercise videos with the kids. We've been going on long walks with the kids. I'm, again, probably not walking as much as I would normally, but exercising with the kids, I think it's important. I think everyone... You know, if, you, if you're at home, make sure you're, you're eating well, but also make sure you're moving. Um, I don't know how you're doing that. I mean, uh, how are you exercising? Do you usually go for runs, etc.? Yeah, which I'm still able to do under my state-designated uh, one yeah. outward excursion per day. Your, your so, state-designated ration of one. My, my ration of... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but again, there you go. It goes to show you whether people like the term or not, whether it's you know conjures up ghastly images of the soviet union and the second world war effectively we are living under extraordinary times of control um but yeah i'm, I'm faring fine to be honest with you i mean I, I seem to be doing more work than ever actually remotely it's, it's strange well as as we mentioned last time you know um get in touch with us uh, tell us what you're up to Tell us what you're eating as well. We're, we're genuinely interested um, if you're using any old recipes. I mean, this is the time where I've been speaking to my um, auntie and my mum and asking them sort of what kind of stuff they were they were cooking, if they have any good recipes to kind of use um, essentials in the cupboards. I wonder if anyone else is doing the same out there. Are they all uh, sort of disgusting, uh, awful-based recipes? No, no awful. No, 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 no. Again, using things like, like you were saying, pulses and, and beans and stews and, you know, things like that. Big hearty meals. Beans. Have you been affected by the bean upsurge? <laughs> Have you contributed towards the massive demand for beans? Is beans now a huge part of your diet? And how is that affecting your digestion? And are, you living, are you living with someone who's eating too many beans? If so, yes, we, get we, in touch. We, we'd like to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think we should leave it there, Bryce. Um, I hope you I hope you're uh, okay. Um, 
I'm, um, I'm grand. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna. I've, I've got. I've had some very nice comments today. I've had um, some very nasty ones, but I can console myself with a, a nice big tin of beans now. Okay then. Well, uh, from the two of us, uh, stay safe, stay well, and uh, we'll be in touch. Hopefully, we'll do another episode pretty soon. I think. Okay. See you soon. Bye.